Thanks for checking out the first episode of our new series, Colorful Lives, presented by State Farm. All summer long, the ladies of Loudspeakers are going to be getting together to talk all about the full and exciting lives we lead. Nothing is off limits, and we're going to cover everything from sex and relationships to social media do's and don'ts and everything in between. We'll even have some special guests joining us along the way. Please make sure to check back with us on iTunes and SoundCloud for a brand new episode. Well, first of all, I just want to thank State Farm for bringing the three of us together because we're all on the Loudspeakers Network. Word. But we've all never done anything together. So let's just introduce ourselves so everybody knows who we are. I am Francesca of HeyFranHey.com. Um, it's a health-based website. It's curated information, but I also have a YouTube channel that gives you tutorials on everything from making your own shampoo to your own soap to mental hygiene conversations to help you stay afloat if you suffer from anxiety. You're just trying to figure out the chaos of the world. Um, so just a wellness-based brand. And of course, I have a podcast on LSN called The Friend Zone, which is another uh, mental hygiene type of podcast where we discuss all kinds of really interesting life topics every Wednesday. And that's it for me. Love it. <laughs> I love it. The cocoa butter princess herself. <laughs> I love her. I am Tatiana King-Jones. I am known on the internet as the Grand Duchess of Tech, or that's why I want people to know me as. Right. That's how I'm building my brand. I'm a tech advocate a tech evangelist so i talk about <laughs> technology in terms of how to help people utilize it better for their lives in terms of how to use the latest gadgets or the latest apps that's what i do when i'm not talking about technology and arguing with people about technology i'm actually doing a podcast called fan bro show hey. also on the lsn network that releases every thursday and we talk about geek culture and pop culture from the perspective of people of color oh that's perfect well i'm angela yee and I have a show called The Breakfast Club with me, Charlemagne, and DJ Envy. That comes on weekday mornings. And it's on Revolt TV, a nice syndicated radio show. And then I have Lip Service. That's my podcast. Also on Ellison Network. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a show that I had started when I was at Sirius. And then when I left Sirius and came over to iHeart, I wasn't doing it anymore. And everybody was like, do it as a podcast. Do it as a podcast. So it's me and... Uh, Two other women, Stephanie Santiago and Gigi McGuire. And basically, we talk about relationships and sex. A lot of things that you won't hear in the average interview that people don't get to hear about, like, you know, other people's real lives. So right. hopefully it helps people because sometimes there's things that we want to know, but we're scared to ask or we feel abnormal because of certain things or we want to learn how to do certain things. <laughs> so we just try to be helpful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how did you get started with your, like what made you want to pick that topic for your podcast? Well, I think it was a show that I had already and it was, it was pretty successful. When I was at Sirius, I was on Eminem station on Shade 45 mm -hmm. and I was the only female on the whole entire station wow. when I started and I was doing mornings. I was a co-host. But then when Cypher Sounds left, they gave me the morning show for me to stay. And they also gave me my own nighttime show because I had a segment on the morning show that was basically like all girls, your regular average girls just talking about sex. And, you know, sometimes people don't look at women as being sexual beings. Like, we're not supposed to talk about those right. things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, amongst our friends, we all Put talk about there. Yeah, Absolutely. we talk about everything. Right. So I think that was the whole point of it, just to kind of let people eavesdrop for guys to learn more about what women like and for women to learn more from each other mm -hmm. and not feel like certain things are so taboo to talk about. So when I left there, it's really like a niche for it because there's not a lot of people who do that, especially for women of color. Right. Absolutely. So it kind of um, it's supposed to be more of a positive. Let's discuss things openly and have fun with it. 
So that was it. It was just fun. And, you know, the ladies have a good time. I think people enjoy it. It's not anything that's meant to be, you know, taken so seriously. It's just a good time. Like you're talking with your homegirls. Right. Like us. Like I was going to say, just like now, <laughs> because I'm like getting to know you guys even more so. Like I, me and Fran, we have a special bond, a special connection right here. <laughs> and I'm getting to learn more about you, Angela, and about your show. Like I always know you from your show in the background, but for you as a person and what you're doing in your life personally, like I think that's interesting to understand and better grow to have a better relationship with us like we're all in lsn but as you said we don't interact as much and this is a great forum to do that in. right yeah. and you know it's good because i personally feel like i need to be more of a techie type of person right that's how i was so we can learn from each Hello. other that was my <laughs> next question how did where did this tech passion come from always always had it i was always as they said in the past the tomboy the playing with Barbies, but also playing with rockets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like I've always been that way, always into video games and always been because of that, the other, the person who didn't quite fit in. And then as I got older, when you start maturing and blossoming as a woman, they like, oh, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not into this. So Mm -hmm. to this day, I fight against that. But just like you think because you're a woman, a lot of things because I'm a woman because I'm black black, woman. Yeah, because I think I'm cute. Like (laughs) a lot lot of stuff that that causes people to kind of put stereotypes on you. Right. And because of things like that, that's why I I push further into doing things like blogging, push further into doing things like podcasting, because at the time, this is when podcasting was very new. There's not a lot of women of color on podcasting at the time and talking about technology. Right. And so to bring that about and also to kind of be the the battle cry for other women who are in this field or other women who are into this and really people of color in general just to say, hey, there are people like you out there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that drew me into podcast. It's like the coolest thing right now, by the way, to yeah. be like a techie person. It is cool now. It is <laughs> now. No, now. it is like one of the coolest things now because I bet, first of all, guys love that. Yes. <laughs> but but see, everyone loves it because they know I can probably fix whatever this wrong. Right, because I need some help. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know. <laughs> see? So um, how does this app work? And, you know, that's cool, whatever. But, but I think that that's a great because that's great to embrace that. When you... When before, when people are just kind of looking at you crazy, like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you talking about comics and movies and video games like now they're like, yo, tell me everything. Tell Cause me that everything. is so my brother's lane. My brother is like yeah. the biggest like he creates apps and stuff like that. Oh, and wow. He does like interactive yeah. websites for like oh. the Bronx Zoo and all of that. He's like my brother. I don't even understand what he's talking about. <laughs> when he talks well, to me. the coding. And you're like, yeah, okay. I'm like, OK, well, listen, call me later if you want to come over and do your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh-huh. OK, can you just turn on my phone? Please he do all work. that, but he don't do his own laundry. So it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing the online conversation, especially because it is a digital age. Yes. I'm seeing more um, women in particular looking for other women in the tech field. Mm-hmm. I saw someone on Tumblr mm-hmm. like create like a a huge list of women to kind of follow yes. on Twitter and on different social media handles. They created like a, it was like 300 women. Right. Just and to show that you exist. You're out there. Yeah. They're, they're I out thought there. that was so cool. Right. And then, you know, with you, one of the things I've always admired about you, Fran, is that you are, to me, you, from from my people, you're one of the, <laughs> uh, the pioneers of the natural movement right. if <laughs> right. you will right. like like when YouTube was really first starting to get popping like you was one of the people that I first kind of gravitated to just to learn that style and that was like before 
you had all sorts of tutorials on right. YouTube. Now I just be going to your site. I'm like, okay, I could use this product <laughs> and that. So like, like just like how what we're both doing, I think that you have that situation on lock. Right, because like, we're all interested in products yeah. that aren't bad for you. Right. And learning how to make things that are organic that you can make at home so you know what's in it instead right. of a bunch of ingredients that I have no idea what this is. Right, and for me, it's not like I was um, this healthy person all my life. It took me to get sick. Like I started mm. having kidney complications. Mm. I wasn't like um I wasn't someone who had like a shitty diet or anything crazy like that, but mm. I had the typical American diet. Right. You know, you eat out Fast a couple food, of times soda, a week, yeah, check in for anything. Yeah. yeah, you know, and then when I would eat at home, it was like a lot of meat and rice and beans, a little bit of vegetables, nothing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so just very typical. But then I ended up getting sick and being sick for a year straight with a chronic illness, like just being in pain on medication. I was like, I'm going to have to rethink some things. You know, you mm. really start looking at your life as a whole. And I was 25 mm. when that happened. Wow. So I was hospitalized and on Percocet, Vicodin. And it was just like, and then the doctor was like, we're going to have to give you um, the surgery to put a catheter in you. Oh, God. And I was like, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. And that's the day I told him I'm not having a surgery. I am buying a freaking juicer. And I started learning. Like, I just started researching. And I became kind of obsessive because mm-hmm. I was so scared. Like, the quality of my life is about to doom out, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really what changed my life. And then I started on Tumblr. I just it was like a, a journal for me kind of to document my life back to health. Right. And from that, a lot of people were hitting me up like, girl, me too. Like I have this problem. I have fibroids. I have. And I was like, wow, especially women of color. We have so many fibroid issues and all kinds yes. of complications. So a friend of mine, Cheska Lee, shout out to Cheska Lee. She was like, girl, you should turn this into a YouTube channel and like teach mm. people the things that you are learning yourself. And kind. Of, and I was like, I don't know. YouTube is kind of shady. Like the comments. <laughs> I'm sensitive. I was like, I can't handle it. They're I know you shady. know, Angela. Listen, I'm gonna tell, I don't even look at comments, period. I'm I don't even that. check. I know. I never. Because it's so. It's just going to make you mad. Right yeah. And I, I was no like, point. I can't handle it. You know, I'm just a little health nut. I ain't trying to have people combating me about you fat you ugly I got him want to deal with that but she was like just do it and I did it and the first video did really well and I kind of was just like okay maybe this could turn into something and it's five years ever since (laughs) and And you know it's great because I think for all three of us we've all managed to turn things that we're passionate about into things that we can make money from Uh, also right and that's always the ideal situation for people trying to figure out their life because I have a lot of friends I have a lot of younger people that I kind of mentor right and everybody is stuck on this well how can I make some money right Mm -hmm. you know how how do I figure out what I want to do in life right and being afraid to take that entrepreneurial leap which Mm -hmm. I know is scary especially I'm still scared right (laughs) I know you say I'm still scared right but you know I think it's great to be scared to do things sometimes because then you feel so great when you accomplish it right there's so many things that I I was scared when I started doing radio I never did radio before and they just put me on the air on the morning show one day and I was so nervous I was just shaking but it feels great that I was able to overcome that and 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 now look right right you know so I think for all of us like there in life if you feel too comfortable I always say that if you're feeling really comfortable doing whatever it is that you're doing then you need to go out there and get scared right that's true you have to be pushed outside your comfort zone yeah Yeah. especially for me because I'm I'm real like chill and calm so (laughs) for me I always tell myself that thing that scares you is the next thing that you absolutely have to do well, what scares you now, Fran? You know, I'm 
man. <laughs> because I'm such a like, I'm a homebody. I'm like really quiet. This whole social media influencer thing that we do now and having to go to events right. and kind of put yourself out there and um, promote yourself constantly mm-hmm. is a challenge for me because I'm not someone that feels comfortable being like, hey guys, watch this that I did or, you know, buy this or that. And that's been a real challenge for me. And even just the growth. Right. You know, and, and needing to constantly create and coming up with new things and being your own competition, you know, because you have to kind of outdo yourself every week, mm-hmm. basically. But then it feels so good when you get out there and do it. Absolutely. And, and you it knock goes it out. Well. Right. Yeah. But let's take it all the way back because I'm so curious to know, like, in college and even before <laughs> That's not that, that far. <laughs> for some of you. <laughs> what, what, like, I want to know what brought you to this point now. Like, for for you, Angela, you're now on radio, you have all this show. Like, what were you doing in college that even put planted the seed for you? Well, I was an English major in college. And ever since I was young, I always was like, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. That was my main thing. Ever since I was in kindergarten. Oh, that's so cool. I was like, I'm going to be a writer. I always knew I was going to be an English major. Mm. I used to read books all the time. I used to write short stories, all of that, just on my own growing up. So I'm going to tell you, when I graduated from college, I went to Wesleyan. Hey, I love Wesleyan. (laughs) When I graduated, there's no guys there, by the way. But um, (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to just temp somewhere. And then I'm going to go home and write all the time on the weekends and I'm gonna write a book and do this and do that. I lasted two days at that temp job. It was the worst (laughs) experience of my life. I went in the first day and all we were doing was opening envelopes. It was like data entry or something like Mm -mm. that. So I was like, you know, thinking I'm gonna just get my little bit of money and Mm -hmm. then, you know, work at home and not have to worry about work and bring work home. But it was so miserable. There was no windows. We didn't have phones. Father God. We weren't allowed to. Yeah, it was awful. So the second day I went in there, I did it. And I was talking to people. I was like, how long you been working here? Somebody was like, two years, three. I was like, oh, "Oh, I can't do this. I went to, I was like, I went to college. (laughs) Two years looking envelopes. It was awful. So I just left and never came back. And then that same day, I had went to the city and I used to intern at Wu-Tang. Like I did a lot of internships when I was in college, which has always helped me out so much. And that's, Just, you know what, that's yeah. a, a mm-hmm. something that I think we people don't stress enough. Right. Because I know when I was in high school and college, I would see other kids that kind of had that one up. They knew to do the internships. internships. Oh I wasn't God. doing internships. And I think that really... I kind of like missed out on a no, lot of No, it's a great, I always tell people, Absolutely. we had a career resource center, there's alumni that will, you know, hire you out and make no money. Right, but, but it was setting but it's you about up for the future. Yeah. yeah, it's about being able to showcase yourself, it's about having experiences, like, it, in hindsight, when you look at all that, you're like, I wish I had more internships, right. I wish I put myself out there more. Right. Like, you have a lot more uh, success when you have that background. And when you're in college, like, doing all those, you know, abroad programs, studying abroad. I yes. wish I would have done that. I yes. did. I studied in Brazil hey. for a year. Oh, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. I know. That was fun. She what? said, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened in Brazil? Right. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking about a that on your show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just amazing. I mean, imagine being a, a junior in college and living in Brazil. Like, oh, girl, you, know, you couldn't tell me nothing yeah you wouldn't be able to tell me nothing. i learned another language and just the experience of being this person that I, I didn't know the language when i got there i was thrown into a university with students that were looking at me like what and i'm here trying to understand the professors and past tests did they expect you to speak portuguese no they were like a little lenient in the beginning because they were like obviously you don't know what the hell we're talking about but you know <laughs> after a while it was like okay you know get on a learning curve so but it was a challenge and that was amazing and even just trying to stay afloat in a different 
world. That is yes. something that seems so scary to me. So but I, scary. I really feel like that's the best way to just jump in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so learn how a did, whole new language. So how did your internships bring you to where you're at now? Oh, so what happened was I did a lot of internships. And when I graduated and after that terrible experience <laughs> as a temp, I actually got a job working for Wu-Tang. I had stopped by the office. It was a day that they performed at Summer Jam and got like banned from radio in New York and everything. Of course. It was crazy. (laughs) Of course. And I was like, wow. They were like, oh, we've been looking for you because I interned there when I was in college. We want you to come work here and be assistant to the CEO. I was like, okay, cool. When do I start? And I'm going to tell you, this is something else I learned. And this is so important. Okay. So when they offered me um, my salary, it was so low. And I told them, I said, listen, I have another job offer. Now, I didn't really, <laughs> but I said, I have another job That's offer. That's how you do That's it. what you have to do, right? right? No, for more money. I really would prefer to work here. I just was winging it. That's so yeah. smart. And I actually ended up getting the amount of money that I asked for because I said, and I didn't ask for nothing like crazy. I, it was reasonable. It was something that I felt like this is a reasonable right, amount of money mm-hmm. yeah. to ask for. And I did get it. And, you know, I worked there for a while, but it was a great experience for me. And then I went on to do like a bunch of other things. I was a consultant. I was making pretty good money because I was working for a few different companies and multitasking and doing management. And I was consulting for all these websites and for different clothing lines, doing product placement. I was like one day in this office, one day I worked for Nile Rogers for his distribution label. That sounds like fun, though. It was it was actually a great time. I was never I was always out and about. And I tell people networking is so important. Like, get out there. Yes, I know. Fran doesn't really like to socialize now. I was with her the other day. She's like, I'm not going to that party. But listen, you have to look at a party and certain things are really just opportunities. The way that I ended up working on, I'm going to tell you how this happened. I was at the Chappelle show premiere the very first time it ever came on the first episode. And Eminem's manager, Paul Rosenberg, was sitting right behind me. And I had met him, you know, when I was younger. And he said, hey, you know, we're starting a clothing line. We'd love for you to come work there. I was like, all right, I'll call you tomorrow. See, and it wouldn't have happened if you didn't go to the show. Right. Next day, called him. They hired me right away, obviously, because he wanted to have me there. I worked for the clothing line. After that, I called him up and I said, listen, I see Sirius is hiring. I actually went online to look at different jobs that were available to Mm kind of figure out what do I want to do next. I saw all kinds. I saw a video game tester. I saw all kinds of things that looked like they would be fun. Right. So I said, I want to just switch gears. I don't want to do product placement. I don't want to do this. I want to do marketing at a radio station so I saw they were starting Shade 45 I called Paul he he would do anything because I really was like a great employee right. I was always on time I was always pleasant people had great things to say about me so he always looked out for me and you always got to put your best foot forward I tell mm-hmm. people that too even you never know who's watching you so if you hate your job and you go in there with an attitude and you're nasty to people you're never going to get it. You got to still go to work, even if you're making no money and just have a great attitude because you never know. Right. Those could be your bridges there. And he called up Sirius and he set up an interview for me with the vice president of programming. And I told him, I said, don't get me the job. Just give me an interview. That's all I need from you. I'm not asking you to do too much. No problem. And then he said, you know what, Ange? We need a female for the morning show. We need a co-host. So, I want to put you in there to audition. If it oh works out, oh right. great. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, you know, whatever. But you can audition and they'll definitely let you come do that. And so I went up there. They were like, do you have any experience in radio? I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go in there and it took me a while. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it because I didn't want anybody to hear me. I was terrible. Like really? if you, I still had that first show. It was 
awful. <laughs> like, still listen back. <laughs> I'll never listen to. It. I will never listen to it again. Wait, but what made it terrible? I was awful. Like I was over prepared. I think because I was so nervous. Right. I wrote down like everything I was gonna. I had like a script. Oh. I was, like, so it was like you were reading. From so it was like yeah. Stiff. So it, it definitely sounded like I was reading. I just wasn't comfortable. Mm. My timing wasn't right. It's radio. People think it's just easy. You just get up there and talk. But you know, it's no. ladies. No, oh, it's, it's not. Flow. No, it's not just. Oh, let me just get up there and talk. 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 We have notes. We know what we want to touch on. We don't want to make it seem too... It's not scripted. Right. But at the same time, we got to know. Right. There has to be a focus. Yeah. So um, I ended up really just working hard. I would listen to myself all the time and figure out what I needed to do to get better, which was hard. You have to be your own worst critic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at first you hate your voice. Yes. (laughs) That happens to me every day. But I I still hate it. Right. Yeah, I still hate it. And then, you know, people are going to be criticizing you. Oh, I hate you. I hate your voice. You're so whack. I don't agree with you. But you have to just not worry about all that and focus on you making yourself better. Yes. So I definitely focused on making myself better. And we did this interview. This is how I got the job permanently out of just auditioning. I was there for like a month, no money, basically on a probationary period, just auditioning. And we interviewed Jay-Z. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That talk about probation. Right. (laughs) And so I'm walking in and I go in the bathroom and he's coming out of the men's bathroom. It's right across from the women's bathroom. He's like, what you doing up here? (laughs) And I said, I'm about to interview you. (laughs) He said, hey, don't up oh Oh, no (laughs) I was like oh my god so we go in there and it was when he just became president of Def Jam so it was him it was Memphis Bleak it was young Chris so they were all in there and it was me and Cypher Sounds a lot of pressure you know if you hear this the interview was so funny that people put it on mixtapes like Clinton Sparks (laughs) put it on his mixtape because I was kind of nervous my voice was cracking when I was asking them (laughs) And he was with Beyonce. And this oh, was before. Stop it. This was before. No. Yeah, this is like a disaster. Oh. So this is before they were married and when they weren't really like talking about their relationship. Right, out in the open. So she went in the green room. So I was like trying to ask questions. I was like, so you think you and Beyonce ever got married? <laughs> he was like, what'd you say? He said, I should throw my Blackberry at you. <laughs> but it was a really funny like even now if I go back and listen to it it's a really funny interview like he gave us you know he was there for over an hour it was a good time like everybody was laughing making jokes I was talking about how he used to dress I was like oh you used to wear Durango boots and oh, oh stop it no not the Durango no. I definitely had a pair <laughs> <Yeah>. fashion killer <laughs> definitely did too that is too funny but yeah so it, and that's uh, we walked out of that interview and they're like oh you're hired oh that's so that's dope and so that's what it took for me to get that job. And then ever since then, I worked at Sirius for six years and I really like grinded it out. You know, Sirius is not like, I'm going to tell you this, when I left and I had my exit interview, I definitely let them have it. Really? Mm, let's just say that. Really? I definitely let them. I, I told should. Them, I told them everything I really thought because that's what the exit interview is for. And right. I, I told them, I said, these are the things I had problems with, but you would never know that from listening to me on the air. You would you're think, professional. Yeah, you yes. go in, you're professional. I remember one time they thought that I was mad so they put me on a delay. And that made me so mad. What? I actually sent an email to everybody. I said, when have I ever been unprofessional in this office? When have I ever done anything on the air that has anything to do with anything personal? And they took it off. 
But I feel like I represent myself so well that even if I have a problem with you, you're not going to know it when those mics come on. Right. right. And by the way, I love Tatiana and Fran. We don't have no problems. <laughs> None. <laughs> All right. None. It's good, cool vibes. You know, one thing I love about your story is that the fact that when you said you have any experience, you was like, nope. No. <laughs> N-O-A-P. Hashtag. Like you and, and but not, that didn't stop you. Right. And I think that's the problem. Even with me, I see myself doing that a lot where it's just like if you don't have any background or any experience you get real shook and fearful yeah yeah and then it, it unfortunately that that shookness if you will translates to just doing nothing right and that's the problem that's even something again although i've i've had a lot of experiences now and i'm still working and still moving ahead i still have those situations where it's just like okay I'm scared, right. but I got to move forward. But it's okay to say that you don't know. That's what I'm right. saying. Sometimes it really is okay to say, I just, I've never done this before. I don't know, but let me know. And to be able to take people's critiques of you. Some people can't yes. take that. Critiques right. are very important to take. I, I, I learned that early on. Just even just not out of podcasting or out of just your job, just understanding what other people feel about you, whether wh- how you're working, how they feel about your, how you what you, how you talk to them, right. because it's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that you can't pick up. Like not everyone is empathetic. Like not everyone understands everyone's emotions or feelings or whatever. It's important to see, okay, Hey Fran, I didn't like the way you talked to me. <laughs> like, and, and not necessarily rude, but just understanding, okay, this is how people are thinking and maybe there's a better way to go about it. Maybe there's a better way to communicate with people. Right, it's especially be- if you're interviewing people. Yeah. But I think, too, the interesting part is that you didn't have the experience and then it's like on top of the critique of your staff but it's also the you're in the digital space so yes. you're like growing and learning while other people are watching you it's grow and learn. it is the worst that is a very scary combination but for me because with YouTube you edit yourself right so you create the image and you can make yourself as flawless as possible can you but, filter right, no. right. <laughs> <laughs> that contour filter from Snapchat <laughs> they need to put that on YouTube you know that would help us out <laughs> but no, but like with podcasting, it's a little bit different. It's a long winded platform. So there's more Girl. to pick at, you know, and, and and you're talking so freely and you're not thinking as hard as YouTube because YouTube is what, three, five minutes mm-hmm. of very well edited content. Right. Well lit. Well lit. You know, <laughs> you know your angles, you know yes. what I mean? But with a podcast, it's a little less control. So I have found I found myself so fearful of even coming on board with it, you know, but then I like I said, it was a challenge. I was like, it's going to help me grow. And it's been hard, especially the comments and all that commentary. Right. But it's also such a good thing because now I think it's building that tougher skin. Oh, yes. Of learning, you like, no matter what you do, you're st- people are going to have something to say. So you might as well do what you want and make it great. Have an awesome life, like figuring yourself out, your passions, you know. And stop focusing on people that are saying negative things. Right, which is always a, big a lot problem. of times we do that. Like yeah. we focus on it. Be like, oh, girl, I love you. You did great. Love the podcast. You really got me. I agree with you. And then some person be like, you whack. And you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I it's, And it'll be a hundred comments that are nice. Right. And one mean one. And that one mean right. one will have you spiral. You're like, what's wrong? <laughs> and it's because of that, that that one time of spiraling, I was like, never again will I let anyone else have that much power over me right. emotionally. Right. If anything, I'm going to laugh at it. And I'm probably going to troll them back. Like, that's what I do now. So if y'all <laughs> yeah, troll see, me, I'm going to troll you back. you trolling people back. <laughs> I'll, troll y'all, I'll troll your ass right back. And I think that's cool. I just block people right away. And sometimes yeah. if they really rude, I just mute them so they don't know they're blocked. <laughs> Ha ha ha!
and but I just keep talking. Yeah, talking. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I don't know what you talk about. That is too funny. What about with you with tech though? How did is that something that you've been obsessed with? Well, you said you liked it since you were little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But see, when it comes to like what we're talking about now about being scared to take steps forward and things like that, with tech, it's a little different. It's different and it's harder in the way that. You're in a situation where it's a very white male dominated mm-hmm. industry, it regardless, sure regardless of you talking about engineers, regardless of you talking about people talking about tech, like just going on YouTube and having a conversation with people. Everything is very dominated by that default quote. Unquote. I see them people that work at Facebook and Google. I know. You yeah. know. <laughs> right. So when the Snapchat offices. <laughs> right. So when I pop up, they're like, whoa, you know, first of all, what's all this hair and all this stuff going on? And then like all this melanin. Right. All this melanin. <laughs> and, and just instantly it's I don't know what it is. It's just instantly they want to go into this whole homegirl mode is what I call right. like mm. one. You don't know what you're talking about Two, Oh, yo, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I hey don't do girl, that. Right? Hey, girl. Like, I, I hey, girl, you. Like, I hey, girl, you. Uh, y'all cool for me, but I don't know. I don't know you. Right. I don't know her. But uh, like I said, it's it's with technology. You, it's they always want it to be a meritocracy, but it's really not mm. because there are the boys clubs and mm-hmm. the old boys clubs and the the just being a woman. It's just like they they always question you question right. your authority question your experience and knowledge and so then you got to fight that and then and you, you have to work the, harder than you everybody. have to work harder right. you have the double impact but what olivia pope dad say what you got to work twice as hard to get half as much right mm, ain't that the truth and that's just a lesson that we've all been told pretty much as people of color but that's what makes you even more experienced than everybody yes. else at the same time yes right exactly so using that and I th- again just using the understanding that you have to have thick skin you have to move forward I think that I've used that to kind of push through all the adversity when I even nowadays when I go to a tech conference and I'm trying to ask a question or talk to somebody about some new smartphone someone has the audacity to stand in front of me to this day or exactly, <laughs> I, I, like I'm not there like start having mm. a conversation with something and I say no 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 excuse me Right. <laughs> right. Excuse me. And and that's the thing. You have to we we also have a fear of, of being bitchy. You have you to You don't get want to be that, that perception. Right. Yeah. Angry black woman. Right. Guess what? Bump that. You gotta do that. You have to. You're not gonna get just like how you demand I don't wanna say demand, but you were very clear that you of your worth. Of your worth. Like you you wanted more pay for mm-hmm. what they wanted. You know, you said, you know, I'm not gonna mess with you right now. I'm gonna just continue to do me. It's the same thing. You have to push ahead you have to be assertive for yourself otherwise people will walk all over you right and that's one thing speaking of pay that I always bring up too is a long time ago I had read this article when I started working at Sirius and when I started my pay was very low because I never did it before it was kind of like okay this is brand new for you this is what we're going to pay you right so I took it and after the first year I was like okay I'm way better now than I was a year ago I'm bringing a lot to the table and I read an article about how women don't ask for raises. That's right. And the reason why so we don't true. get as much money as men is because we don't ask for raises as often as they do. Um, um, women will be like, okay, well, you know, when you're ready, when they feel like I deserve more money and when I get my 2% mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So I made a point of going in there and asking for a raise. And the way you ask for a raise is not to say, I need more money. My rent is high. You go in there and say, I deserve more money. Here's what I've done. And right. you should go in there prepared and equipped with the things that you've done to back up that you need 
that you deserve a raise. Not I need one, but I deserve one and never threaten to leave and go somewhere else. Yes. Right. And you should go been, in there and say, I, you know, I really love working here. Right. And if there's other responsibilities you need me to take on, but I do deserve to make more money. In addition to my regular work, I've done this, this and this. Look at this press that I've gotten. Look at this. Look at that. I made it into the Source Power 30 issue. I did this. Mm-hmm. And you just bring in everything that you've done and say, this is what I deserve. And I did go in there and I got a 40% raise. Yes. First time <laughs> do I did it. it. And let me do tell you it. something. You know, I did that every year after that. <laughs> I got a raise every year. There was a year that like nobody else got a raise but me. Hey. For you know, nobody asked. Right. That's probably exactly what it was too. And you know what? The self-worth thing, especially with money, has been a big lesson for me because I think, I remember I went to dinner once. I, You know, with, with especially with YouTube, you know, you get these campaigns and it's not like we all talk and know how much we're each getting paid. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't know. You have no idea. Everyone's getting different money and you're not going to ask. So I was always kind of stuck. Like, how do how much do I charge as a freelance artist that the digital age is still kind of new. new? Yeah, like collaborating with these big brands. But I remember I had dinner with an indie company that I had helped like literally charge her nothing it's just she was like a starter company and she we went to dinner and she was like yeah man when you shouted me out on youtube i made twenty thousand dollars that month you were like what? and when i when i tell you that my heart like dropped you said i, I made 250 dollars right it's wrong you know or i made a dollar <laughs> all i made was the dinner she bought me that day <laughs> negative two dollars and fifty cents but it was like to hear her say that blew yeah. my mind because sometimes i think you don't you're not even aware of your influence because there's no mm. real measure a lot of the times and when she said that i was like okay Thank right. you. You was like, bet. Gotcha. <laughs> and after, no. after that, like, now I knew my worth. I was able to tell people, I'm, you know, affiliate links are really important when you're on the digital space to show, like, this is how much I made this company. Bitly, like, track how much people click. You know, all those right. things. Like, it's important to have markers that you, like you said, Angela, you can bring to the company. Like, look, this is what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. This is the power that I have. This is what I've done. And don't be afraid to ask because I was always afraid. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to say that because it's too much. And then they're going to think that I'm, you know, like feeling myself. You always lowball yourself. Yeah. Always. And, I, and me yes. and my hippie self. Because you're like, I don't want to scare them. But then right. And my hippie self. And then a lot of the black brands, too, you know, they'll be like, oh, we're, you know, starting or, or we will give you <laughs> oh, exposure. Nobody wants to spend money. You're doing it for the fam. You know, or like help us get started or people or not even just black brands, but a lot of brands in general love the term exposure. And I'm like, listen, my landlord, he can't get paid off of right. exposure. Nope. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to have to go exposure myself to my landlord <laughs> right? <laughs> in order to make this. Rent. Yeah. And I think it's important to not be scared to say this is my worth. This is my rate. And it's non-negotiable. You know what I hate when people do when they ask you, how much do you how much do you want to charge? And you're like, well, you know, what's your budget? Right, I always come back with that. Right, and nobody wants to throw out that first number. (laughs) Of course not. If there's one thing everyone has learned from the internet about negotiation is don't say the number first. Right. So then we all playing this merry-go-round game, back and forth, back and (laughs) forth. And it's like, look, what do I have to do? So as you said, what you what you did was very smart. You were creative about it you say okay what can i talk about to prove that hey you can't say nothing to me but yes right give me my money right right and that's been the the like i'd say this past i've been doing this for five years and i'd honestly say that this past year has been the first year where i was like this is how much i charge right and i don't feel bad 
And that's that. So what I try is if you can do it, great. If you can't if do you it. Can, yeah, and it's okay. Like, I hope you find someone who can or I'll refer them to other influencers <laughs> that might fit that, you know, bracket. <laughs> I love it. If you can't do it, good luck to you in your future endeavors. Right, I wish you, I wish I wish you well. well. Hit me up when you can. Peace and love. <laughs> and and, 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 and even though we're laughing about it, like a lot of people like that is kind of scary to say. It's they, very scary to yeah. say that, to throw out those yeah. numbers. Like you said, you don't want to seem like this Hollywood person that's like, oh, no, you can't afford me. Because it's, ne- it's never about that. But we also have paid our dues. Right. And then you throw out a number. If they say yes too fast, you're like, damn, maybe I didn't right. ask for number. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> then you'd be like, damn, she said that too that's, quick. She had more. <laughs> that, that, that's the second guessing. That's second the worst. Guessing. But then once you agree to it, that's that. You know what I'm saying? Once you throw that number out, it's just no coming back from that. <laughs> I think understanding to train yourself and in, in knowing how to talk to people, how to influence and communicate with people of all different types. You have expressive people, you have very analytical people, and people respond to different things. I think once you understand that and get that understanding of how the world works, then you're better equipped. Right. Right. And you know, one tip too that I always tell people, until you get management or someone to represent you, put a different person, make up a name. And be you. And and listen, no, that really helps because you need a buffer so that you and the brand never have to negotiate money. I agree with that. It's a huge tip that I think uh, one of my like mentors told me, like create a name, who cares, whatever, just put a name and have them negotiate even though it's you. But that way the brand will never see that side of you. You're supposed to be like the good one you just a content creator you're innocent yes. you know what I mean right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just here I'm, yeah, I'm just person. here to create and then oh, let she did what <laughs> oh, that's, yeah and let that you know that fake name be the one that's yeah. deciding and kind of be the bull and that way you kind of stay away from having to negotiate those see ideas. I have a booking email address right so people mm, can uh, book me through yep. that but I do have um, Paris she does that but I still look at it all the time just so I always know like what's going the on the correspondence and can, right. right and that was actually the scary part the first time I I got management. I'm such a control freak. Right. And then, you know, I'm a hippie. I'm very like, please be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of it, make sure you say thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Love and light. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. <laughs> you know, have a little incense burning at the bottom or something. No, but it just killed me the first time he was like so black and white and he was like, this is her fee. Thank you for, and I was like, no. Oh my God. You <laughs> but you need that. But you, you do need, need that. Business. And I had to back off because right. for me, I was like, oh my God, how could you be so, and he's just like, listen, kiddo, <laughs> this is my job, like, you go create. I'm not trying to pl- get you played, man. I'm right. not, you know what I mean? Like, they're trying to help you. And you have to, yeah. you have to know when to back off and know that like, it, there comes a time in your business where you can't do it all alone. Right. And You'll be a lot more lesson. productive if you let people handle certain things. Absolutely. But it has, it has to be people that you trust and that's never the easy thing. No. Yes. That's the hardest part of yes. like expanding your business to multiple people to kind of start putting their hands in and then opinions and you start getting all anxious. I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> right? Don't I'm touch not- my money. No. <laughs> but, and so you brought up a good point because that's what I wanted to definitely mention that technology is definitely your friend and what you said, if you have to make up a person, yeah. I, I use the, I, I still, to this day, I still use it. I'd be like, oh, my team. My team is oh, me. Oh, you gotta say My team. team is me, we and I. <laughs> my name is my team. <laughs> my team. But just right, doing- I have to go back with my team and see how this works right okay we understand whether you're very tech savvy or not (laughs) find someone who is because they can create first of all get a website for you for for five dollars less right then from there you can get your email addresses if your name is the team.com the team (laughs) well you know me dot you know me at the team.com booking at the team.com like and it looks mad official perception is key and it's 
Oh my I think God! As much as I hate to play that game because I, it's just not my favorite but game, true. but I understand that it works. Optics when it comes to business, and and when I and to be clear, I'm not saying be fake. No, right? no, there's no. a difference between being fake and and understanding optics and how to work that to your advantage, particularly in in business and. Something as simple as a booking email. Right, because if your um, booking person is Big Booty 69 oh. AOL. <laughs> I'm not, no, but that's true. They're going to look at you. If I, if I, I see know. that, no. See, if I see that, me and Young Metro do not trust you <laughs> at all. Right. No, but it's true. I think these are things that when you're coming up, no one really puts in your head. You kind of have to figure out like, okay, this is going to help me out, you know, and just be okay with taking those steps and yeah. investing in yourself. Right. Most important. Always invest in yourself we're right. always so scared oh I don't want to spend any money no it's very important to. yeah I've upgraded my camera and you know YouTube it's like $2,000 you know with tech it's expensive yes. those cameras and so and then the website you I had like a really janky one for a couple years but then I was like you know what you do what I you gotta do time, right? Right. I think yeah. that time yeah. <laughs> pay for a real one because it'll make you more money I, and it that's will. the investment that's you gotta think long term and I know it's scary because a lot of us are you know, wait, you, you're kind of living from campaign to campaign <laughs> a lot of the times, but you just have to trust. My mom always says you have to create the flow and trust that money will always come because right. if you hoard it, then you're hoarding that energy and nothing's going to come to you. Right. And I totally live by that. And it's totally worked every time I think, oh, my God, you know, money's running low this month. It always works in. out. Always works Something out. Happens. Something happens. always happens. So you have to invest and trust that it's going to be worth it. All right. Well, listen, I want to make sure everybody comes to check us out because obviously we have a lot more of this coming. And I had a great time. Yes, this is I perfect. Well. I learned so much. Today. All of our worlds colliding. Yes. We all learned so much. <laughs> so you can check us out at the Essence Festival. That's going to be in New Orleans on Friday, July 1st, presented by Coca-Cola. At this year's Essence Festival, State Farm will kick the Colorful Lies program into high gear and connect with the over 500,000 mostly African-American female attendees with a multitude of engagements that include a live podcast event that I'll be hosting, plus a chance to interact with celebrity talent, which includes songstress Monica and surprise guests. Woo! That's dope. Additionally, State Farm will bring colorful lives to the main stage of the Superdome each night with a live LED dance performance. That's your opportunity, friends. <laughs> that sounds very hippie. <laughs> that sounds very hippie. We need you up there performing. I'll be up there barefoot. <laughs> What's the LED dance, though? I don't even know. <laughs> you go learn. And there's going to be a colorful lives poetry slam and scholarship donation. Hey. Dope. Dope. I like the fact that they're going to have virtual reality painting. I love technology. I know you do. <laughs> I will see, girl, I will be running around with a VR headset like, yeah, this is the best ever. <laughs> virtual reality painting, you're just going to be able to use VR technology to paint vibrant images, paint images of yourself and your friends. And then we're also going to have engagements in the money and power section of the festival that's going to include financial panel discussions with celebrity financial experts and opportunities to have one-on-one conversations with our State Farm agents. So if you're in New Orleans on 4th of July, July weekend, please make sure to stop by and say hi. And we'll see you at Essence. Thank you all for checking out our first ever podcast of Colorful Lives. Yay, we hope you loved it. If you love what we're saying or you want more information, you can always follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm at Angela Yee. I'm at HeyFriendHey. And I'm at Tatiana King. And make sure you use the hashtag. You know, we love hashtags. Hashtag live colorful. And that's with the extra L at the end. All right. Live colorful. The Colorful Lives Podcast is a Loudspeakers Network production produced by Matt Raz himself. Executive produced by Chris Morrow and edited by Dwayne Crawford. Yeah, 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 yeah.